Hello, and welcome to the Connect to Metrics Cultural Insights Podcast for May 2023. We're happy to be here, and I'm Will Gladhart, the CEO of Connect to Metrics, and I'm here with Cynthia Curiosis, the Chief Experience Officer for the Culture Think Tank. So we're here today to talk about a couple different things, and of course, as always, about culture, but uh, Cynthia recently wrote an article and had an interesting experience at her surgeon's office. So Cynthia, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happened? Well, hi, Will. Yeah, I would be happy to tell you because it was just as surprising to me as it was uh, as it was to tell you about it. Uh, some of you may know, some of you may not know that I needed hip replacement surgery. And I made an appointment with a surgeon who had been very um, strongly referred had never had major surgery, had never been to a surgeon's office or anything. So it was a new experience. And for whatever reason, I got there and I was, of course, seeing everything through, shall we say, a new pair of eyes. Uh, never been to that type of office, never had this type of experience. So I was kind of waiting in the waiting room and there were many people in the waiting room that needed some type of joint replacement. And I asked, is this because boomers are getting older and destroying their joints? And the answer was, yeah, pretty much. So as I'm waiting, I'm observing, again, with a new set of eyes as a person involved in culture these days, rather than just a patient. And then I was observing the activity and the interaction at the front desk, not only between the individuals who work there, the front desk uh, folks that help in nurses, but also between those individuals and the patients in the waiting room, as well as one particular interaction on a phone with a patient. So I'm watching all this through the lens of, huh, this culture seems to be pretty connected. Uh, I was already pretty impressed with their processes and systems. It was very smooth. Um, even when I had been taken into the back room to have x-rays, and to go into the cons cons consulting office with the physician, even those were uh, there, the process was just very smooth. You could tell that they had thought it out, had made uh, changes along the way and, and were very um, efficient at kind of taking care of their clientele. So I'm observing something in the office and all of a sudden one of the um, women who answers the phone, one of the nurses, I guess, she was on the phone with a with a patient and it was obvious that the patient had a lot of questions and was very concerned and for all i know very uh you know kind of panicked a little bit uh, about getting answers because of course i could only hear one side of the conversation this woman that worked with him was probably about 25 years old um, very well trained uh, in, in giving answers, very well trained in how to hand, handle a, a patient who is upset. And really, as I say, had the patience of Job because I'm somebody who doesn't, so I always admire it in someone else. And the conversation went on for a good 20 minutes, a good 20 minutes. And at one point she said, sir, I can't really hear your answer because your wife is also speaking in the background. So I'm just saying that so you understand the constraints that this woman was under to try to help this individual calm down, but she did it. She did it, the phone call answer, uh, uh, was finished on an up note, and then she hung up the phone and she wiped her brow with a Kleenex and waited a little bit, had a conversation with a friend and then said, I think I'll go take a break for a minute. And she went in the back. 
I don't know when is the last time I have ever seen someone that young, that well-trained and able to have the skill set, the compassion and the empathy to speak to somebody on the phone to resolve it as well as she did. So then I just kind of started looking and, you know, I put my antenna out, right? I wanted to see other parts of this. So I could see, you know, limited parts of the, of the practice, but I was really, um, I was really impressed with this practice. And keep in mind that I'm somebody who generally is looking at dashboards and doing debriefs with some clients who are far more challenged than this practice appeared to be. Absolutely. So it was kind of a refreshing thing. And I think that's why my antennas went up. Well, well, and I think you mentioned, Cynthia, that, uh, you know, their whole process really helped reduce your anxiety level being a first time individual in a surgical suite or in a center to, you know, have that experience happen. And that was a really big impact on your well-being and your comfortable level, being able to go through the process. So, you know, if you were working with this particular group that you're describing with one of our assessments, you know, what are things that you would be looking for, you know, in the dashboard? Well, yeah, I thought about that. And I thought if I was looking, if I had this, this practice as a client and I was looking at it, there are really three major things that I would look at. Of course, I would, I would, if I sensed anxiety, we wouldn't even be having this interview. But, you know, when I look at that opening rating of culture score, health, uh, uh, well-being score and anxiety, I kind of skipped past that because I really don't know what their culture score is. This is strictly my opinion. Um, but I, I could see that there just wasn't much anxiety in the play between the consult, between the, uh, the employees and the patients uh, that were in the waiting room that were coming and going. So really what I focused in on was three things. Number one, I felt that I would, if if they were my client, I would go directly to the feelings index. And in that feelings index, of course, I would look at the summary of the practice, but I would also look at uh, the role role, uh, comparison. I would look to see how the staff was feeling. I really didn't know who their managers and supervisors were, but I was really quite, um, quite ready to meet the surgeon to see who had set up and done such a, what I felt was a good job with, with setting up this practice, he and his partner, of course. So I would look at feelings index first. And again, our feelings index is about the connectedness that people, that employees have to each other, as well as to the organization as a whole. I, I didn't see any kind of slicing and dicing in there. I thought they, they would work well as a team. The next thing I would look at on the dashboard would be, um, uh, although I would have no way of knowing it, uh, the, the what to continue stop and start. The only reason I look at that or think about that is I felt, that, and I'm somebody who did a lot of process and systems work before, I felt that if there was an issue in the process, they went back and addressed it. They kept refining their process because building a culture is a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight. You know that. It takes time. It takes intention. It takes commitment. And it takes a lot of personal resources to build a team that has that much uh, empathy and compassion uh, to get to the end game. So I would look at those things um, clearly. I just take a glance at the anxiety level, the well-being level, but then I would go to the feelings index and then I would go to the uh, continue, stop, start and just kind of think about what is it that they did in those three areas, continue, stop, start, that helped them get to this point. Absolutely. So, you know, Cynthia, I think it was interesting. Uh, you had some direct feedback from the surgeon 
But in thinking about this direct feedback about how he developed this culture, this practice, you know, what should a consultant or coach be aware of out in the real world or out with when they're out working with clients, you know, to kind of raise that antenna to yeah. kind of be thinking about those pieces? That's a really good question, Will, because I just had this question the other day from one of our coaches. And uh, the coach was saying, I'm starting to work with this group. I have a uh, doing my own uh, engagement, my own services, but I have this sense that they could use the 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 C five. I just don't know how to how to broach it. And I said, you know, it, it, I think it's a two part answer. Um, first of all, you know, you do have sensitivity and focus towards this client is one thing, but to try to put that in words, you need to know what it is you're looking for before you can articulate it to the client, and you need to pick the right time articulate it to the client. So my suggestion is that whether you're a coach, a consultant, a professional speaker, I think it's important to be very clear about what the C5 produces. That is, what are the problems it is addressing? So if you understand the types of challenges and problems that are that need to be addressed, that, that the C5 addresses, you will understand what their challenges and their um, the problems may be in that organization. So if you know that anxiety is a leading indicator and you see high anxiety, that's a talking point. If you see or hear bias as opposed to openness from especially from the leadership level, um, that is a point of focus for you. So it's it's the coach understanding what are the, the points, what are the indicators that a culture is not healthy, is not blooming, is not uh, strong, and taking those and kind of starting to ask questions, leading questions around those types of um, those types of indicators. That's it's really knowing your product, but that's true of any salesperson, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, just you know, in leading into this prior question, you know, you had some interesting feedback from the doctor, and that's oh, kind yeah. of how we'll wrap up. Um, but so, share a little bit about that. What his feedback was as the leader and he you know he didn't know the type of work that you do that you work in culture that you work with organizations right. etc so i thought it was i thought it was a really fascinating feedback that he shared well i look back and i kind of i kind of laugh a little bit um i had never met my surgeon and when i went into the room to meet him uh one of the first things i said to him was you know, the woman that sits at your front desk that takes phone calls, she's about 25, you know, and I described her, his, his head kept going up and down and shaking his head, but you could see that his eyes were starting to get really big because I think he thought where I was going is to make a complaint about this person. This <laughs> the exact guy, opposite. <laughs> I said, I said, well, she, he goes, yes. And he gave me her name. So she's been with us a while. I said, well, she deserves a raise. <laughs> and he was so shocked. He said, why do you say that? And I told him the story I just relayed to you. And without a beat, this uh, surgeon uh, turned around and said, all of the individuals that work for us were uh, assessed and interviewed to make sure that they believe in our mission and that their work will exhibit what we value. And I thought that was such a beautiful statement to say he knew exactly why his staff was so impressive to me. Uh, so his eyeballs went back in his sockets and we had a great meeting. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and I mean, what a great experience and what a, a great example from a, you know, someone that works in culture, but also from an unexpected mm -hmm. circumstance exactly. that, you know, you weren't even expecting to be dropped into. So, um, 
Thank you again for your insights and thoughts, Cynthia. Um, we'll definitely link the article in the uh, podcast transcript. So you'll be able to take a look at that. So you'll want to definitely check it out. And we look forward to having you on the Cultural Insights Podcast this next month. We'll see you then.